Well, last week, or last month, excuse me, in November, we spent some time with Moses and the law. Does anybody remember what commandment number five was, kids? What is that? Why are you mumbling that? What is it again? Say it a little bit louder. Honor your mother and your father. Okay, all right. Honor your mother and your father. Good. I didn't hear you all over there. Honor five is that's correct, right? Okay, all right. Honor your mother and your father. And your father. All right. Well, when I was growing up, and I was a little boy, probably Brody's age or Brody's age, um, my mom had a lot of crazy rules. And so you had to honor in our household a lot of silly stuff. Uh, at least that's the way we thought of it and the way we remember it today. But one of my mom's rules was, or one of the things that she told us we were not allowed to do as little guys. I had two brothers. I was the baby. Uh, but she said we were not allowed to have these. See what that is? Are you allowed to have those? Yeah, peppermint. Hard candy. So for whatever reason, and whatever my mom had read, or watched, or listened to on the radio, she thought this would kill me. <laughs> okay? And she would say it like that. She said, do not eat hard candy, especially the little round peppermint hard candy. That was my mom's rule. And so for the most part, um, I followed that rule. And I still do today, right? And so when the kids get their Halloween candy, I go through and pick out all the Hershey bars for myself, and I'm looking for hard candy. And I take those out um, before they can get to them. Uh, but one particular day, I was out in the backyard, and we were having some sort of party. And um, I saw one of these peppermint candies uh, on the picnic table. And I can't remember how it had gotten there or anything like that. But I looked around, and my mom wasn't looking, my dad wasn't looking, and so I took it in my hand. And then I went and I hid. I got away from everybody I hid, uh, behind the shed, behind this little chicken coop shed. Um, and so, of course, I popped it in my mouth. Alright? So that was all good until my mom's prophecy came true, almost. I choked, and so it went down and it got lodged in my throat, and I was choking, and probably choking to death because of where we lived. We lived in this little small village called Summit Point, and it, back then, there were no fire stations or paramedics or EMTs in the community, and nowhere even close. Uh, the closest being about six miles away. Um, and so, if you're choking, and if you get unconscious from choking, you're in bad shape. Well, just so happened, my one of my brothers was inside the house. He was inside the house listening to the radio. And on this radio station, I don't know what was playing, probably something like Lionel Richie or something back in those days. Uh, but something was song was playing over the radio. And my brother, Paul, heard through the radio your Baby brother John, who was about five or six, is choking outside. And so my brother that heard that on the radio, and I'll mention, just learned the Heimlich 
maneuver in school, in health class, in junior high that week, comes outside and goes right to the chicken coop that he would later burn down, and goes to the <laughs> and finds me choking, does the homily remover, removal, and the candy popped out. And said, my brother saved my life. And so my mom and I and others say that was my angel, my guardian angel, speaking through the radio. That was that my brother heard a message from God through the radio, through that song. Um, there is no other explanation of why my brother would know that I was outside choking and know where I was in a timely manner when I thought I was hidden from everyone. Um, and so it's an amazing miracle story uh, that sticks with me Well, this story that we just read for us in the scriptures comes to another very, very small town called Nazareth. And so, Nazareth. And so, Nazareth would have been considered much like my little bit of Summit Point because I used to get made fun. Oh, you're from the boondocks. Anybody ever heard of that? Boondocks? Oh, you're from the backwoods. You're from a little hick village. Uh, which wasn't true. We were hip, not hicks. Uh, but anyway, it was a small town. But Nazareth was like that as well. In fact, uh, in another gospel account, in the gospel of John, uh, Nathaniel, there's this guy, he's talking about Jesus being from Nazareth. He says, can anything good come from Nazareth? So that's the kind of reputation uh, this place had. Uh, and so, um, and Nazareth just happens to be right in the middle uh, of the globe there. Um, and so if I had a laser, I could point to it, but it's in uh, the eastern part of the Mediterranean Sea, uh, just north of Jerusalem, and out of Lebanon today. Uh, but you see how massive the world was, and then we have Nazareth, this little, little um, backwoods type of place, um, and small place in terms of the whole big wide world. Um, where this story takes place in the Bible. And so we have another uh, angel story here. The same angel as last week, if you were with us last week, it's Gabriel, uh, who last week visited with Elizabeth and told her she was going to be pregnant. Now it's visiting with Mary. And Mary's going to be pregnant. I'm going to find out very soon that she's pregnant. And uh, she's going to be pregnant with the Lord, with, with Jesus. And so it's an incredible story unfolding here. And Gabriel, the angel um, that's been around forever, is the one delivering this good news again, just a few verses after last week. But here's something really, really powerful about this story. When Gabriel comes to Nazareth here, a city in Galilee, the scriptures tells us, comes to this virgin who's engaged to a man named Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her, and all that he said when he comes to her in the beginning was, Rejoice, rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. And so he hadn't even dropped the big news yet. So you remember in the last story, if you back up in the beginning of chapter 1, um, 
Zechariah gets a little bit like taken aback when he finds out he's going to have a kid. And that's when he kind of pushes back and asks some questions and kind of gets in trouble. Uh, Mary hasn't heard any of that news yet. She's just been greeted by this angel. She was greeted by being called favored one and told the Lord is with you. And so then the verses that follow tell us she was a little bit confused by these words. And she was in a state of bewilderment and wonder. And she wondered what kind of greeting this might be for someone hidden in a little backwoods place um, in the middle of the map here. I mean, just look how massive the world is. And again, it's the, east, it's the Mediterranean Sea there. This little place, she must have felt like she was hidden away. And so far from anything important like Jerusalem um, or Rome or any of the big places in, in the world at the time where all the important people lived and kings and queens and princes and priests. I mean, she's just this, this little young girl living in a no-place place called Nazareth. And this angel has found her in the midst of this place and told her that the Lord has favored her. And so it's through this that the good news starts to unfold, and the angel says, don't be afraid. This is not a mistake. I'm here to see you, and God is honoring you. Again, nothing yet about having a baby, let alone that she's carrying the Lord. Uh, that comes next. Then he says, look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. So he starts to deliver this gospel message, this good news message. Um, and then she, of course, she kind of pushes back too, like Zechariah did, and says, how will this happen since I haven't you know, been officially married yet? And the angel says, it's the Holy Spirit. He'll come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And then Mary closes out um, this this. It says, you know, after the angel says, nothing is impossible for God, she says, then let it be. Let it be with my soul, as you say. Um, and then the angel leaves her. And so, of course, it's this powerful story in the gospel. The main character of this story is God and the Holy Spirit and this baby Jesus that's going to be our Savior. Um, and we're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. Uh, but uh, tonight, for tonight's purposes, I just want us to pause just for a moment and think about what it mean, means and what it meant for Mary to be favored and to be found and to be um, pointed out um, you know, by God in this God-forsaken little small place in the middle of nowhere God chose her. And what a message that can be um, to us during this season when we're so busy and we're so maybe even discouraged because we have so much to do. Or maybe it's a tough time at school uh, this time of year because we're distracted by other things, but we have tests and homework. Um, maybe we're worried about family coming and going and how that's all going to work out. Maybe Pastor Melissa's worried about all that she has to do. Um, and so we get all caught up into that and, and, and personally. And, and just to hear messages that God favors us wherever we are. Uh, how powerful.
will be for us. And then when we add in the part about like what Dawn said, Miss Dawn who's playing the piano for us about hurting people out in the world. What a message they need to hear that regardless of what they're going through or what their struggles or their hang-ups or their hiccups or their habits are, uh, that God favors them too. And that none of us can hide, no matter where we live and no matter where we go, no matter where we lay our heads down at night, we can't hide from God. And that we all are being seeked out by this loving God. Um, to, to find favor with us is a powerful message to ponder in our own hearts um, this night, and I invite you um, to do so. It is the central message of this holy season of Christmas, that God came down to earth, uh, came down to earth uh, to be incarnate, uh, to be with us, to find Marley and to find Riley, and to find Courtney, find Doug, uh, to find Marty, and to find me, and, and took a personal approach by coming as a baby to be one of us in order to deliver this good news. And it starts here with the angel Gabriel pointing out to Mary uh, that she was going to have a part in this gospel unfolding. And so I invite you to um, receive these words and the word that's been given tonight for yourself, and also be prepared uh, to give it away. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful for this opportunity to come together for this word, to hear the good news, the gospel of Luke, as Gabriel delivers it to the Virgin Mary. As she ponders words in the scriptures, let us too ponder what it means to be favored by you, what it means to be found by you. And what a responsibility it is to receive that for ourselves and also to give it away. So we give thanks to you in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. <coughs> Lots of enunciation, artwork going throughout history. Tomorrow, Catholic tradition is the feast of the Annunciation, uh, where they celebrate Gabriel visiting Mary. I like this one. This happens to be from uh, the early 17th century, beginning of the 1600s, uh, by an, an Italian artist, um, and his last name is Caravaggio, Michelangelo Caravaggio, and uh, he, I like it because of the darkness all around, except for the very colorful Gabriel and Mary. It shows her pondering um, his words. And so I'll leave that for you tonight as well. We are going to close out tonight's service with um, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And also.